0: welcome into another episode of the young dad podcast presented by ball boy media with your hosts the young brothers jay and aaron young it's about that time for you to pull up a chair grab a juice box don't forget your snack and let's talk today with our guest katie and steve keen katie is the host of her home and heart podcast and is seriously one of the nicest people you will ever meet a little about the two of them they've been going through about 20 years of fun and poor sleep and wouldn't change a thing together the couple services christian families with special needs children who feel unseen overwhelmed and are struggling to keep it together we were truly blessed and lucky to be able to have them on the show with us today and we hope that you enjoy the conversation just as much as we did just a quick disclaimer before we jump in we are going to talk a little bit about religion and faith and whatnot, and we understand that is not for everyone, and that's not everyone's personal choice. Our personal choice of the Young Dad Podcast is our own faith of Christianity and what we believe in personally for us and what works for us, and that's going to be different from you, and that's okay. We hope that you still listen to this show and you get a little bit of something out of this because we talked about some really amazing topics today. Hope you enjoy. Get that juice box. Get that snack. Sit back. Relax. And let's do it all right all right well thank you to our live and studio audience they're amazing welcome to another episode of the young dad podcast i'm jay not joining us today is aaron unfortunately because he works a real job but joining me today are katie and steve how are you guys?
1: doing Great, man.
2: Yeah, we're doing great. Thanks for having us here.
0: Of course, I'm happy to have you guys and glad we were able to work this out and get together. So um, I mentioned a little bit in the intro of the show that you guys have been going through a sleep regression for about 20 years now and having a ton of fun while doing it. But just to give the listeners a little bit more about you guys before we jump all the way in, uh, Steve, you did pass the first and most important test. Uh, If pineapple goes on pizza, Katie, I guess you can stay and hang out. Uh, And I'm just a little worried about talking to you because Hawaiian pizza is your favorite. (laughs) (sighs) I know. It's it's gonna be hard for me to work through this today, but we'll get there. Uh, No, in all seriousness, I know. I love it. It's it's not for everyone. Apparently, Steve is. uh,
1: She lived in Hawaii, so for her, that's fairly common mm-hmm. we lived in sicily where pineapple would be like the least strange thing you would find on a pizza
0: yeah i lived in hawaii for about two and a half three years so i'm still not a fan but <laughs> they uh, didn't convert you huh <laughs> no i think it converted keep i love pineapple i love pineapple itself pineapple is delicious it's one of my favorite fruits um, but a little bit more about you guys you guys became parents in 2004 And since then 2004 and since then, Steve, you mentioned that being a dad to you means being a servant leader to your wife and to your kids. It's also a responsibility, opportunity to teach and train the next generation. Katie, you had mentioned that it's a privilege and a gift that you have been given the opportunity to steward human humans who will impact the next generation. Steve, you're from North Carolina. Katie, you're a Navy brat, and that's about all I know about you guys so far. But uh, so please tell us a little bit more about you guys, what you guys do together individually, and how it all got started and why you do it. Sure.
2: Well, I guess I'll start.
0: You
1: should.
2: So currently, I am also a podcaster like you. And I have um, a podcast for Christian homeschooling families who have a special needs kit. So that's been one of our, our passion things for the last three and a half years is to really reach out to special needs families, bring the support for the parents and the siblings that we haven't found out there. Um, we have five kids and among them, we have faced many, many challenges. Two of them have a lot of, a lot of different diagnoses that are, one is very profound. Um, the other one, you know, a lot of learning type diagnoses. So we've seen and done a lot in that regard. And um, so Steve, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and we've done all that uh, while I was in the Navy, and we moved every every couple of years uh, from coast to coast, or state to state, or from one country to another, and uh, so trying to trying to have a normal family life on top of moving every two years and throwing in special needs <laughs> as well uh, has presented a a, a great opportunity to, opportunity to uh, learn about resilience and patience and all kinds of good attributes.
0: I love that. Well, first Steve, before we just go further, thank you for your service. I always like to shout that out to our armed forces, Mm -hmm. to our men and women who served or did serve and especially to military spouses as well. It's not easy on you guys either. It's a job in itself. So uh, huge thank you to you for your service. Are you still active? Are you retired now out of the military?
1: Yeah, I retired from active duty several years ago.
0: Okay, very cool. So what do you guys do like? Oh, go ahead.
2: I I think you were just about to answer what I was going to ask. (laughs) (laughs) I may have. I like read your mind. (laughs) Yeah. So he's super passionate about um, coaching people who are executives to teach leaders, people who are trying to rise up in leadership and maybe have even had a position thrust on them and super good at it. His military experience really taught him a lot in that regard.
0: I love that. So is that what you do for a day job now, Steve? Coaching, or what? Um, what are your guys' like day jobs, or day to days, kind of like?
1: Yeah, so I, I do a lot of teaching as um, as uh, a defense contractor in in a full time capacity. So helping to um, help government engineers with their projects, they require a lot of help with uh, managing the financial aspects of of those projects, and so. There's always a, a new generation of folks coming in who are who are trying to learn how to do that type of work, and so uh, for the bulk of what I do, I, I teach and train them how to do that sort of stuff. Also, teach leadership there at uh, at those divisions, and and do some minor amount of coaching with them. Uh, the executive type coaching is is more of my uh, side gig, if you would, my moonlighting job. What I do after hours, and so uh, I don't have nearly as many. Um, opportunities to do that, being a you know a full time employee with the Department of Defense and having a great big family, but coaching is what I really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, having a, the opportunity to help help the right people uh, to get what it is that they want is is really a, a nice privilege.
0: I love that. And Katie, how about you? What do you do on a day to day?
2: Well, my day-to-day is is messy because with five kids, our oldest is uh, graduated from homeschool. And so we are helping him launch in his entrepreneurial endeavors. He is really looking forward to being an entrepreneur. He has a podcast and a YouTube, which I think actually you and I have already talked about and um, loves mentoring young men and um, just sharing his journey along with you know, what he's learning in real time. And um, then the others, you know, there's all sorts of day-to-day type therapies and school activities that we need to do here. Um, One of our children actually owns her own pet business. So I support her with that. That keeps us both very busy. (laughs) Um, She's very popular, especially in the summer. And then running the podcast and the membership that I have. um, I have a small membership for families who have special needs kids. <clears throat> excuse me and it just takes i think uh, between all that i stay pretty busy
0: <laughs> i love it i love it so yeah i definitely have connected with your son he's a great great young man um, he's very very fun mm-hmm. to talk to very cool to talk to uh just give a spoiler now he is going to be on the show sometime here in the here in the near future so very excited to have him on awesome. um so you guys have five kids 2004 is when your oldest was when you guys became parents what was life like before? Like, what was that like before for kids? And what's been the adjustments <laughs> from from one to two to three to four to five to special needs and everything? Like, what's kept you guys kind of, I guess, grounded? Like, and what keeps you guys going every single day?
1: Well, before we had our, our first kid, uh, we had been married just a few years. We were we were living overseas. And we were able to travel some while we were overseas within Europe, and I was deploying all the time, and so she was getting lots of practice at uh, taking care of the house while I was gone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, right before I was supposed to deploy yet again, is when we had our first kid, uh, and that was our introduction to both parenting and special needs parenting right there, uh, the same moment, and uh, never been the same since, uh, because you know we were super busy with that, trying to learn how to do either or both of those things, being a parent and then how to help manage the additional medical issues that come along with uh, being a special needs parent. And then um, we moved back to America and we had another kid and you know, it it just continued. And and so for the first couple of years we were able to, we were still moving around the United States quite a lot. And so you were getting things figured out in one place and then, you would move to the other side of the country and you would get over there trying to get into all of those doctor's appointments and into the specialty clinics, which normally takes about six months, you know, which is a quarter of the time that you're gonna be in that state to begin with. And so you get in, you have one or two appointments there and then they move you back to the other side of the nation and you start over in yet a different town. And so a lot of those things that we thought that we would be doing as, um, as a family, a lot of travel, a lot of things that we thought would be of interest to us have taken a backseat to just managing the care of, of the children with the additional needs. Uh, and we're trying to figure out how to squeeze in some of those other things now, uh, like camping and visiting with family who live out of state, and things like that, which uh, has been especially hard since the beginning of the pandemic back in 2020. And uh, you know, for us, that was that was an escalation of a pre-existing obstacle. Mm. Many people went into quarantine and lockdown, and it was their very first experience with that. And for us, it was business as usual. And so, when a lot of that ended or uh, simmered down, you know, many folks went back to life as it used to be. We just continue on. Mm-hmm. So we're in like year five of a three-year pandemic, if you will. Uh, Love it. <laughs> well, we were in it before. We, right.
2: Some so of the medical issues a little, that we a little have. little
0: crazy that way, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Some of yeah. the medical issues have prevented us from being as social as we would prefer to be. But It's life.
0: Socializing is overrated anyway, um, at least personally. right. So what, <laughs> what keeps you guys grounded? Like where, what... What helps you guys keep going like day in and day out other than the love for your children, like as individuals, like what, what do you guys find motivates you to keep you guys going through all of it? Cause it's a hard job. I mean, guys mentioned you've been in a five year five of a three year pandemic appointments, medical offices, like just the probably the amount of no's you've been told the redirections, the put-offs, the everything that comes along with the process of raising children with developmental physical medical and all these different needs like you get told no a lot you get the run around you get to one place you think it's a great great option and then it's a dead end it's so common like I see it all the time in my line of work it's like okay well we went through this place but you know trying to get the resources we had to jump through 18 hoops just to get to the final resource we needed and by the time I got to the final resource I didn't even need it anymore because I was exhausted just going through the hoops. so what has have you guys found, I guess, individually and as a couple that have kept you guys going?
2: Well, for me and Steve, first and foremost, um, for us, it's been our faith that has really kept us grounded. Like when you say grounded, that's what literally keeps our feet on the ground, keeps our hope up, <laughs> keeps our spirits up. Um, as far as the tangible day-to-day type activities, I would say we've really worked hard to structure our home life in a way that's supportive of us as well as of our children. We almost, I kind of like laugh when I say automated, but we kind of almost automated our parenting in a way. Um, We created a system in our home. We just call it a family government because that's most identifiable as to what it would be, but where we had pre-discussed, pre-planned Um, everything. So how the house would function was something that all of us as a family decided, discussed, practiced, we have it posted. Agreed to. Agreed to, yeah. And and we're the leaders. (laughs) The children don't get to dictate what they are, you know, or are not doing in the house, but we always make sure they are heard and understood and that we have conversations and that their opinions, thoughts, and feelings are very valued. And so in doing that and in setting up that system here, when we are overtired, overstressed, um, you know, going through a lot of medical things, then we, instead of living in a reactive type of mode and having reactive parenting, are able to rely on our safety net of already having a pre-established, pre-decided way of functioning in our home that we already know about our children already know about and it's it's posted so even when we can't think about well what was that we can just go to where it's posted and go through it together as a family and i would say that's been one of the big things our it's actually a course that we're we've taught and we're going to be teaching again soon um it's that effective it's it's probably been our biggest tool would you say yeah
1: that's uh it's it it makes it easier when when you don't have to think things up Mm -hmm. as you go it's the same example or it's the same problem that we had a month ago or it's the same same sort of issue different kid everybody knows this is what's going to happen it's uh it keeps you from having to be too reactive
2: yeah it's helped keep a lot of peace i love that i
0: love that so how about as individuals what are you guys doing to What do you guys do for yourselves like what do you guys do for yourselves and then i guess also as a couple like where do you find balance in those ways so as in the home i love that like central government system because it's something everyone's on the same page 100 percent of the time and everyone knows the expectations that's something i try to work with the families i work with in my my day job like you have if you have a child with any kind of behavioral or emotional or mental needs like routine is king routine prevails. They need to know what to expect. They need to know when to expect it. They need to know, like, even involving, like, what they're going to eat that day, especially if they have any sensory issues, like, what they're going to eat that day, knowing ahead of time, like, okay, we're going to try something new. Okay, something new is coming in. I can mentally prepare for that. If I don't like it, I know I still have an Easy mat cup in the pantry that I can eat, no matter the age, like, having those things available. But on top of that, routine's everything knowing what's going to happen and it's predictable is the biggest thing for kids especially for any kids that have i would say special needs developmental needs emotional needs behavioral needs like that's huge because yeah. if they know what to expect and when to expect it and how to expect it those behaviors and those emotional needs dramatically decrease like eh, dramatically and it's crazy but it's so simple your people are like oh that's not gonna work they try it and they're like oh my gosh it works but
2: Um, you're so right. And honestly, we don't think about it, but it's a form of self care for ourselves when we're able to have that peace of mind to say, you know, we know this is going to work with our children and we know we're not going to walk away from this parenting moment because the kid had a meltdown feeling like a failure as a parent because we lost our cool. You know, it's actually, I've viewed it as a form of self care. Um, because it allows us to say, you know what, we connected in this moment. We were able to nurture our child in this moment, even if we were feeling stressed, even if we were feeling anxiety. Um, for us, that's been very helpful.
1: Yeah, that works out quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, it doesn't trump the relationships that we have with the kids. No, right? that's so, most important. Uh, so, so having having yeah. preset sort of rules, having routines and things like that will will help keep order in the house, but we're looking for the long-term, continued, enjoyable relationship with each of the kids, that the kids will have those between each other amongst mm-hmm. themselves and, and, of course, with us. And uh, yeah. and so we always have an eye on that and the future.
2: Mm-hmm. And when we don't lose our cool and yell, for example, then we don't break down those relationships and we don't break down that trust when we can parent through those high stress moments we can maintain that trust and build on that trust which then enhances those relationships steve is talking about it's our very highest priority with them
0: 100 and it's a proactive approach you know each of your kids is different mm-hmm. they each have different needs i'm sure when you guys talk about routines yeah. there's five kids and two adults i'm sure there's seven routines um, on top of that, mm-hmm. you know, there's your guys' routine as husband and wife. So make it eight routines, you know, and however many other mix and match routines are in there. You know, there's a lot of routines. There's a lot of things right there, but it's that proactive approach because you already know what to expect and how you're going to handle those high those high emotional moments, those high pressure moments to where it's going to define, like, see, if you were saying that long term relationship with each child which is so important i mean a lot of people don't think about that to where it's like okay well i yelled at them when they were six now they're 16 and they don't want to talk to me about you know something that's really important that they i need to talk to them about i can't talk to them about it because like you said katie that trust is just not there it's not it's not there it's not built in one way that i you know like to try to work with my families and stuff that i work with on a daily basis is you have to have that as hard as it is or as much as you might not want to do it, and I talked about this a lot on the show with other dads and whatnot, it's a big piece of advice that's very common, but try to find that one-on-one time with your kids to connect with them, even if it's just like playing Legos with them or doing drawing a picture with them or doing something very simple with them. Find that time to connect with them because that's the time that, yes, you might have yelled, but you can get back that in that 20 minutes of coloring with them or playing Uno with them. My daughter loves playing Uno to the point where I had to get a new version of Uno because I was tired of playing the same one. Um they have so many Uno Flip, super fun. Super cool. But anyways, I digress, but you know, finding those different times to to spend with them to kind of get back that time where yeah, I messed up, but I can you I can recover. You always can recover with your kids. And it's up to you to put in that effort to recover with them. They're not going to they're not going to come to you and be like hey, I know you yelled at me earlier, but you know, can I talk to you? No, a kid's not going to do that. You can never expect your kid to meet you halfway. We have to go a hundred percent to our kids. It's so important. Mm
2: -hmm. Agreed. So I love, um, this, this fantastic tip. It's been one of our favorite tools. There is a book out there called the five love languages. And so, when you want to speak yeah you've heard of it so when you want to speak love it's to your child more languages. effectively especially in those moments of recovery like you're mentioning but even just in the day-to-day if you can mm-hmm. identify what your child's love language is it's almost like a hack to helping them feel loved you know it's very 100%. efficient
0: 100 the love languages is something i've talked about since the beginning of the podcast actually you know oh, i've done no standalone kidding. episodes on the love languages to how you can how it looks how each love language looks because each love language looks different when you're speaking it and then how it's received. So I've gone in mm-hmm. depth quite a bit about the five love languages. It's something I really enjoy talking about uh, because it's really important to know. It's so crucial to know those love languages. Like, But, and at the same time, understand each of the five love languages because I'm sure like just past experience will tell me that even though you're in a relationship with someone, your love languages might not be the same on how mm-hmm. you receive and how the other person's received. So not only does Steve have to know how to speak yours, you have to learn how to speak his. And even though, but it might not be Steve's top one, his number one could be quality time. Yours might be acts of service. Steve's number five could be act of service. So he really has to learn how to speak that one and understand that one to meet your needs. And maybe you don't like spending time with people. Maybe you're just like, you're mommed out, you're touched out, you're quality timed out. But you, at the same time, you have to understand like, okay, he needs this from me. I have to do this here. Or if you know where they rank, like my girlfriend and I, you know, probably like a month ago, maybe more, but pretty early on as we were like dating and stuff, like we talked about it and then we we're both kind of like well I don't know if that's really like where I'm at anymore so we actually redid it we were sitting in a car wash and we did it as we were like going to the movies or something and like lo and behold like we found where we were lining up not lining up and things like that and it's so important love languages are mm-hmm. are huge especially for any relationship with your kid with your partner significant other whatever got to know that lo- yeah. those love languages I can't can't trust I- it enough that's a great point
2: Yep, it's it's such a good, it's like a best kept secret. There's even a book out there about speaking with the love languages in a special needs family.
0: Okay, sorry, my ex was messaging me about one of my kids. So um, I just see her name and I'm like, oh, what is it? What is it during the middle of the day? Um, anyways, um, no, you're hundred percent. I didn't know that was a thing. We're love languages with a special needs family. Um, And people think it's a, like you mentioned, like it's a kept secret, but it's like, it's out there. You can take a free quiz that takes you five minutes and you can do these things. And I think it's important to do those at different stages, even personally, like, cause you can change. Like I redid this one thinking like, okay, I'm still gonna be the same as I was, you know, while I was married. I'm not married anymore. I've grown a lot in these last two years since my divorce. I'm completely different. Even my girlfriend was like, huh, that's not what I expected at all. Just like knowing you and us dating and like everything and knowing each other for the amount of time we've known each other and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's a really cool. It's a, it's a great hack. I love that phrasing of it. Cause it's a hack and it's something very easy to understand. And it's very easily digestible. And, You know, you can look up how it looks. You know, I have it on my website. I have it, obviously, very early episodes of the podcast. I've done standalone episodes about the love languages. Aaron and I have talked about the love languages together very early on in the podcast. It's mentioned probably once about every three or four episodes, probably, because it's something I love to bring up. It's something I love talking about. I could talk all day about the love languages, but um, for you guys how do you guys connect like with the five kids everything going on department of defense all these things going on day to day trying to make time for your passions what what works for you guys to still have that connection together where do you guys find the time or i guess not find the time how do you guys make that time because there's a big difference there one thing that i like to stress on the podcast is how do you guys make that time for each other and what kind of benefits do you find from that to continuing to put that effort in for each other.
1: Okay. Yeah. So before, uh, we, we started, I started doing uh, full-time remote work. Um, I was, I was driving back and forth to the base each day and we had a long uh, system where I would come home and Katie and I would, would go sit on the couch together. And the kids knew mom and dad were going to have that time don't bother them, or if you need come in, sit quietly and wait for us, because that was our chance to catch up at the end of the day, talk about whatever we needed to do. And, uh, and so that was the way that we operated. Once I started working from home permanently, uh, you yeah. know, it was kind of like that, that need sort of drifted away a little bit, because I was ever present. <laughs> and so I always mm-hmm. knew what was going on. Um, and so now I think basically we just pushed it until later in the evening, Uh, or, you know, Saturdays and Sundays where we spend that time together to really uh, sort of collect our thoughts and ideas. What's going on? What do we need to work on? And then generally, yeah, each day we do, we do go for a walk. um,
2: Usually about three miles.
1: Yeah. So we get out of the house (laughs) and as best we can try and limit it to the two of us. (laughs) Sometimes we bring the others along and, and just hang out with them uh, more individually than the whole family and sort of rotate them through. Uh, so usually in the evenings after work, we'll go on a walk or something like that in the neighborhood or at the end of the day, once we get the kids to bed then she and I can hang out and just kind of watch a television show or she'll, she'll read a book out loud or something mm-hmm. like that. We
2: like to read together um, a lot. So, we do that. so we've always had to look for very creative ways to do dates because it wasn't always possible that we had family. We almost always didn't have family. <laughs> there were a few little precious years where we had the ability to have family come over, but for the most part, we had to do very creative dates. Sometimes that looked like putting the kids in the back of the car with music on while we talked in the front of the car and we drove around because that kept them quiet, happy, and safe while you know they were too little to be without somebody watching them. or. Like he mentioned, um, but the couch, you know, the couch time, well, that would be where they knew they could be in there. We'd have sometimes when they were very little baskets of books and things that they couldn't have otherwise. So that they were kept busy while we were able to talk. They knew, you know, unless it was very, very like, we tried to teach them what emergencies were (laughs) from an early Mm. age and what they were not. Um, Then this is just our time, you know, to talk and to catch up on the day. And that actually sets a much um, like a stabilized feeling in kids. They like to see when the parents are getting along, they, they like that. So, um, you know, but they always knew they were valued and loved and included and that part of valuing them, loving them and including them was that we needed our time together. Um, Sometimes that would be as simple as, let's go take the trash down to the end of the driveway alone Yes, (laughs) on trash night. So, you know, it doesn't have to be expensive. And then there were the fancier years where, you know, maybe my mom could come over just the few years we had family nearby and they could be with the kids and we could go on a movie and dinner date. You know, we just got creative.
0: I love that. And I think that's so important. That's another thing that you know, I feel it's overlooked because I feel a lot of couples think it has to be something big. It has to be fancy. It has to be dinner, movie, or going to an event or going to doing something. And it's, it's very easily missed. I see it in dad groups a lot where dads are just like, I feel like I'm not connecting to my significant other. I'm not connecting to my, it's either my kids or my significant other. And it's the same advice that I would, not advice, but the same comment I would make on both of those was, are you trying to do too much? Cause I feel like it's very easy for men. We're trying to do all these things. Cause you know, it's like you have to take her to a dinner a movie. Like that's a date when a date can just look like, you know, doing something alone, just doing something together, you know, sitting at home and watching a movie, put the kids to bed. Like, there you go. You have a date right there, you know, and it doesn't always have to be a, a date, you know, it's just time spent together. That's all it really is. And it's missed a lot because it's overthought it's over analyzed. And really it can just be as simple as, sitting on the couch for 30 minutes and catching up on your day. Like, are you doing at least that like every day? You know, something I talk about across like, cause it's very applicable to your fitness, to your mental health, to your spiritual health, to your relationship with your partner, with your kids, like 30 minutes, five times a week. You have 30 minutes at your, you know, if I pull your screen time report right now, I guarantee it's going to say at least four hours, four, five, <laughs> six hours. Okay, so yeah. you're telling me that you are on your phone for six hours, but you don't have a half hour to get back to your partner. You don't have a half hour to get back to your kids. You don't have thirty minutes to go to the go on a walk or to do something for yourself, to go in outside and run around or do something. But you have, if that's in a five day week, six hours a day on average, that's thirty hours that you have to play on your phone, but you don't have that 30 hours to give to your family, to your kids, to your to your hobbies, to your passions, to the things that you wanna do. And it's such a crazy, weird misconception. And It's so hard for people to wrap their head around that simple concept of, but then I'm sacrificing my, my screen time. You know, I need that time to relax. I need that time to do this or that. It's like, then if that's your choice, then you're already losing the, the battle. You're already going to be more reactive. You're not going to be as patient. You're not going to be as well. You're not going to be as healthy. You're not going to be a, the kind of parent you want to be because you can't give it up. And you can't make a very simple sacrifice. And I talked about last week with, maybe it was a few weeks ago, but I talked with someone recently, can't remember who, but where are you going to make that sacrifice? You know, Is that sacrifice going to be you going into work earlier, to be off earlier, to be at your kids' event? Is it going to be you waking up earlier to go to the gym, to read, to do that thing for you? Is it going to be taking, for me, for example, your lunch breaks to record your your podcast because it's something that you do for you? Is it going to be, you know, letting the kids watch a little bit of extra TV so I could do a fantasy football draft because I love fantasy football and these are like friends of mine that I'm really close with and it's how we connect and we stay connected and all these things and... Maybe it is an extra 30, 45 minutes of screen time for them. I'm still sitting in the room with them. They're still there, but, you know, it's going to look different. You have to find your balance for yourself. You have to find your balance with your partner and with your kids and all these different aspects. It's just all about balance. And it's a non-stop balancing act all the time. 100% of the time. Yes, that's true.
2: I've heard it said, you you balance and counterbalance, balance and counterbalance. And you know um, because both of us are such huge fans of the love languages, that's a place where if you don't yet have, if you haven't yet figured out 30 minutes a day, it could be so simple that you say today, I'm just going to figure out what is a love language. Tomorrow or the next day, I'm going to figure out what might my spouse's or my child's love language be. And then from there, it could be as simple as, because you're establishing the habit, Today, I'm going to do one thing that speaks love to my child or my spouse's love language. Just one thing. It could be one minute, you know, especially if it's like a kid with words of affirmation. My goodness, that's easy. So easy. Or you put that little note in their lunch or yeah, you know, there's just so many really simple ways that you can begin to build back those bonds and start to reclaim um, the time over time. Because usually when we jump off and try to bite off too much at once that we're not used to kind of set ourselves up for failure, but you know, 100%. to get up to that point where you are regular and you are having that balance counterbalance, which we all do really need to always be doing that dance. Like you said, you're so right. Just those tiny little baby steps
0: can make a huge difference. 100%. Yeah. Small steps. It's all about small steps. Mm-hmm. If you, Rome wasn't built in a day, yeah. you know, takes a baby nine months to grow. It takes them takes eighteen years to become an adult and all these things. Like men were not fully developed till we're twenty-five, so it takes us twenty-five years for our frontal lobe to even develop all the way. You know, things take time. It takes time. It's all about small steps. But along with those small steps is you have to celebrate and stack your wins you have to recognize your effort or if you and your partner are in it together, like both trying to learn a love, 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 languages and speak them better and learn them better and be more proactive and active in that area. Like if your partner, like, you know, like for example, my girlfriend bought me a pair of Hey Dude shoes yesterday, not a sponsor. Um, but I'm really bad at receiving gifts, but this was an opportunity for me to receive them, appreciate them, accept them. And just be really excited because I, I love these shoes. I'm wearing them right now. And just be really excited for them because it was her expressing a love language that she's really good at. I'm really bad at That's my bottom love language is gift giving and receiving gifts at all. But, like, I knew, like, from her, it was her showing a big way of love. I'm like, I even questioned her when she first gave them to me. I'm like, why would you get these for me? She's like, because I love you. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, I got I to gotta realize that, you know, and, you know. But you have to if you're working on it the point here was that if it's something that's being worked on like you have to celebrate those wins like i accepted them i didn't push back i just accepted them. i'm wearing them i'm excited about them they look great they feel great i'm talking about them now like this is a win like i received that gift and i am like really proud of myself for receiving that because it was uncomfortable for me and the example here is you got to celebrate your wins if you did it one day and you gave your significant other whose love language is words of affirmation you complimented them and said that they look great today or they look extra beautiful or handsome or whatever it is, you can rest in that and know like, I did it. I did it. Yes. I learned what it was. I practiced it. I applied it. I did it. I won. I did it. And you got to celebrate that for yourself. Or if your partner did it and they spent more quality time with you, or maybe your love language is physical touch and theirs isn't, but they were more touchy maybe they gave you some more hugs or you know extra kisses or cuddles or whatever it was and you realize that reciprocate that be hey i really appreciate you trying i see your effort it's appreciated like i really appreciate that reciprocating it recognizing it appreciating it, huge so important so to stack those wins and celebrate those wins both ways and with your kids too you know you know, however you it looks for you, like celebrate it. Don't let that part go unnoticed. Like you can learn, you can do it, you can start your small steps, you can build your habits, but you have to celebrate your wins. So you know that you're doing a good job. So super important.
1: That's right. So and it helps you to build confidence in, in those things as as you do that. And when you have a base level of confidence, then you can build upon that one after the other.
0: Let's see here. So kind of just looking here, I know we had some great topics talking about leadership. Um, Possibly just wanted you guys to hit on it real quick, but when it comes to like raising and homeschooling kids with special needs challenges, how do you guys go about that? Um, Because Katie, you had mentioned that families are advised to not homeschool in this scenario which you feel is kind of backwards for homeschooling you feel it's more of an optimal option for families who have children with needing the extra support and when you frame it that way it makes total and complete sense because are they going to get more support at school like I have kids who have IEPs but they qualify in one class to be in sped when they really need it for this many classes they get it for this one because they test at a certain point in these other categories and they're like oh they don't need it but they need it here in one class and they really need that special ed class or all in all the way so that makes a lot of sense but for you what have you seen in that and how do you kind of push back on that or how can someone push back on that i guess
2: um well first i guess our our firm belief through years years of experience is that there is nothing like the tailored approach that a parent who was our child's first teacher to begin with can offer to a child. If a parent is able and not all parents are able. So if you are not able to keep your kid home full time to homeschool them, do it on weekends and do it on evenings and just regain and claim your confidence in yourself. Because I think that's the first place that we have seen parents struggle. They've had too many Quote, professionals tell them, well, you aren't your child's best teacher, or you don't know best for your child. This happens all the way from our early pediatric visits into, you know, all the educational days. And for a parent who truly does want to impact their child and can trust their instincts and their gut, you can do amazing things with your child, whether that's through full-time homeschool or evenings and weekends. And it's, the next thing is, when you are trying to teach a child who's outside the box, that is not public school at home. That is not where you will get this one, two packed punch of intense, amazing progress. What you, what you do at home instead is you seek a deep education, a rich education that inspires the child. You get to know your child we've done this even with our nonverbal son we took a number of years of training a neurodevelopmental training where they helped us to do further learning and education in how to teach special needs kids and we had already had years of experience under our belt with our daughter but um we it was incredible to see the ways that as parents you intuitively can tell what lights your kid up and then when you keep offering this rich feast you know of This, whatever it is that lights your child up, let's say it's penguins. I love this example. Your kid just loves penguins. Well, guess what? Depending on the level of your child developmentally, you can go out and find things like Mr. Popper's penguins, for example. That's a novel. Not only is it a novel, it's got all kinds of great stuff about where he travels. So now you can get into looking at the map. You can look into the time period that he, this story set in. Now we're looking into history all because of penguins. You can go to the zoo and see the penguins. Now we're into some science. Look up about penguins and their natural habitat and their what they eat. And, you know, you can just start extending this out into there's math games with penguins. Like you can just branch out from their passion of one specific animal into helping them learn. And they don't realize they're learning. They just think that you're playing with them. And it can become this beautiful experience where as they grow and develop, depending of course on the diagnoses, you have to shift and change with their developmental level, but they begin to own their learning experience and they begin to own their learning journey. And so these children then have a love of learning lifestyle, which becomes part of who they are as adults. And you don't have to worry about them anymore. If they want to learn something, they will know how, because you equip them with how, with joy.
0: 100%. I love that. And it's really, it is that simple. You know, if you lean in, I like to call it jumping on the train, like jump on the train that your kids are into. Like if they're into, like you said, penguins, jump on that penguin train. Mm -hmm. You can use Google, like as a parent, like you have a device in your hand that you're listening to this podcast on more than likely. If your kid's into penguins or roblox or fortnite or whatever the thing might be whatever the thing that they really enjoy doing spider-man whatever like dive in jump on that train learn about spider-man watch some spider-man videos watch the movie together watch into the spider-verse whatever it is whatever the thing is lean into that so they know that they you're supporting them and with that support guess what that's gonna pay off later because when they really need your support with something big or heavy like They were peer pressured into smoking a vape at school. They've been dating someone and, you know, they're very curious about being intimate or different things like that. Wherever the family values and things like that lie, these are just examples, of course. But when they really have that big thing and they know they can rely on you because they know you're just going to support them unconditionally with love and the information and you're going to be on board with them and support them and talk them through that, then those big things later are really easy to work through. But you have to start slow. You have to start now with the penguins.
2: You do. And what you said earlier also really matters here. The the, The stacking of wins. Because when you take that time to connect with your child in a way where they are learning, but not in a schoolish kind of way because now we don't have to do that. We're not managing hundreds of hundreds of kids and you can have the wins at the child's appropriate developmental level. You keep the lesson short. You keep the experience fun. You leave them wanting more. Now you can celebrate with them and encourage them and their self-confidence. As we were told by one very brilliant evaluator of one of our children, after a long number of hours of evaluation, he said to us, The self-confidence of this child will do more for this child's success than anything that you will ever, ever give this child. Because the self-confidence is so intact, this child will be able to move forward in life and indeed has. I can tell you fast forward eight, almost nine years, that things that should have never been able to occur in the educational path of this child, have been blown out of the water with success all because of that self-confidence. And so just like you had said about stacking the little wins, go after them, chase them with your child, stack the wins, find where you can celebrate your child after school on the weekends, or if you bring them home and they will end up having confidence. And like you said, in the future, because you'll have built that relationship, not only will you've built that relationship where they can come talk to you, but also they may have the confidence to already know what to do and be able to independently make the right choice.
0: 100%. And I love that because I have a friend of mine. He's been on the podcast before. His name is Brad. Brad and his wife, Mel, they have Stella. Stella's uh, level three nonverbal um, on the spectrum. I believe that's the correct way to say it. I could be wrong, but um, she's nonverbal. But between Brad and his wife and then her older brother, um, who's not on the spectrum, that little girl has so much fun, confidence to do, to try new things, to do new things, has a support, has a love to the point where like she's in speech therapy and doctors have told her that, have told them that she's probably never going to talk. Guess who talks? Guess who, guess who says sentences and starting to develop all those things. Like all those things are starting to come around just because like, A, the parents never gave up. Like Brad and his wife are amazing. They're great parents to Stella and so supportive and so amazing and like I could praise and shower Brad and Brad and Mel all day but and Brad's one of my really close friends he's fantastic he's a great dude but you know the support the love has always been there and that's not only for kids that have special needs or developmental needs whatever it is but even for your regular kids you know like or your typical regular or normal kids you know having that same support that same love that same building like kids that have confidence will consistently make better choices, have lower behaviors, do the right thing, make better choices, and just be overall better people in the end of it because it starts at home. It always starts at home. That foundation that they're laid before them is out there, and it's going to manifest itself later in things that maybe things they couldn't do before weren't supposed to do by said doctors and professionals, you know, because they had the support, they had the confidence, they had the love and the community and the support to get them there in the end. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It
2: makes a tremendous difference, you know? And I mean, you see that at work and in your professional life all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. So just for both of you, just to wrap up here. um, I like to get one piece of advice. So I want one from each of you, Uh Steve, for you, from you, for the dad who's just really struggling, who's going through it, really just down about it. Maybe he has a special needs kid who he's just not connecting with. Everything just seems to be going wrong. What's your advice to, to him? And then Katie, for you, to the mom in that same situation. And then for you both, to the couple that's in that situation. So Steve, you're talking just to the dad. Katie, you're talking to the mom. And then you guys are both talking to them as a couple. What are those kind of parting wisdoms Or those the one piece of all encompassing advice there.
1: Okay. So a lot of times for dads, you know, they have an idea probably long before they ever had their child of what they would do together. You know, these are the hobbies I've always enjoyed, and so when I have a kid, a son, I'm gonna go do this with him and a daughter, I'll go do this with her and that type of things, and then that just isn't possible and it might be possible because of of some medical type problem where they may just have a completely different personality from the dad. Um, The idea is not to create a a little clone of yourself. You have a child with their own unique gifts and interests. Dive into those, figure out what those things are, and help, well, not help, but get in there and just enjoy what your child loves to do. Get to know your child. How do they think? How do they learn? How do they like to interact? What things are of interest to them? And then give up to a degree what your plan was and meet them at their level. And, and that might really help the dad who's struggling to connect with their kid because now it's not about what the dad's getting out, but what the dad's putting in. And then when the kid gets something good out of that, then I think the dad will find a great deal of satisfaction in their relationship.
0: I love that. I love that.
2: Gosh, there's so many things I would say to a mom that I do say to moms all the time. (laughs) Um, I think the one that just really stands out to me in my mind right now, though, is to just encourage, especially the young mom, just on this journey, if she has a special needs kid or not. But to trust her instinct be willing to get quiet and really pay attention to what she is really feeling thinking about her child even about herself and be willing to trust those emotions and to trust our gut i think as parents but also just as humans in today's society there's so much noise there's just so much noise and we can get lost in the wave the tidal wave of what the culture is doing And that disrupts this unique bond and this unique relationship. There's nobody else that is the mother of your precious, unique child. And your child doesn't have another mother. (laughs) You're it. And so to honor that unique, beautiful bond and relationship that is only yours and only your child's, you know, be willing to be still and be quiet and listen to your gut instinct about what is right for you and your child. And then, You know, when you have your spouse bounce it off of your spouse, give your spouse the benefit of the doubt and intent, look for intent. That's one of the marriage tips I would say to that mom too. you know, be willing to listen to yourself and trust your gut and value that relationship with your child. But also, you know, we're going to have stresses and struggles as a couple. That's just part of it. If you don't somebody's lying and stuffing something, (laughs) it's just a part of the game. But look for the intent of each other, especially if you have a special needs kid, because the stress is higher. And so it's going to draw out more of those, I don't know, grouchy tendencies or impatience or whatever it is that are our normal Achilles heel, you know, whenever we're tired, but you're going to live that more. It's going to be more in your reality. And so when you can realize and have an understanding with your spouse And your, you know, whoever your significant other is in your life, um, that the intent is pure and that if you question it, you will willingly, openly, humbly, lovingly talk together about that. It can go really far.
0: I love that. I love that. Well, guys, it's been such a pleasure talking to you both, getting to know you guys, talking about parenthood and life and all the things that we were able to mention today um, go ahead and tell all the people where they can find more of you, your podcasts and all the things it will all be linked in the show, but go ahead and tell them so they can jump over to the next podcast they're going to listen to.
2: Great. Well, we are at two different places, Steve.
1: What do you tell them about for
2: your Okay. Okay. Well, so Steve is on LinkedIn. What's oh, the- I was
1: going to say, yeah, if, if somebody is, is looking to connect, um, I'm only on LinkedIn, uh, Stephen Keen. With MBA, like the Master's of Business Administration, yeah. after it, because there's a bunch of Stephen Keens, but I <laughs> think, think I'm the only one that put MBA yeah. uh, after after my name.
2: Stephen with a Ph, and I am at my my favorite place actually because I like to put coupons and I like to change things up. Is honestly my Linktree, so you know Link and then tr. ee Linktree slash Family Success. But you can also find me and should find me over at the podcast, which is called Her Home and Heart. Um, I put links in the description there all the time for goodies. But again, I keep the Linktree updated with all the newest stuff. So if you want a quick glimpse at what I've got going on and the freebies that I have and all the fun stuff, um, Linktree is a great place to go. And um, so if anyone's interested in the membership as well, that's at herhomeandheart.net. Um, slash TGH for the greater honor because we do believe it's an honor for families to raise kids with challenges.
0: 100%, 100%. And then uh, that link tree is linktr.ee backslash family success, right? Yes, that's perfect. And that's F-A-M-I-L-Y-S-U-C-C-E-S-S. Success is always one of those words that throws me completely off and gets spell checked every time. But Guys, again, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. I love talking to you guys. I can't believe it's already time, but wish you guys well. And everyone, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week. Thank you so much for listening. That episode was a ton of fun. Before we head on out here, first off, thank you for listening. Make sure you like, follow, share. If you're on Spotify, answer the questions, engage with the poll, and leave five stars. If you're joining us on Apple, a five star and a rating would be amazing. If you're joining us on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Button, Like the video, comment, and share with a friend that you love. Any other platform, we're on so many. Make sure you rate, review, comment, and share the podcast with a friend. Also here, make sure you follow us at Young Dad Pod. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Threads as well. The website, of course, ballboymedia.com. And very, very lastly here, make sure you go ahead and head over to the link tree where you can purchase my children's book, A Baseball Game with Dad, for only $10 over on Amazon. Link is in the link tree in the show notes. You'll want to get your copy. Thanks, y'all. Have a good one. One love. Blessings.